How many came hungry, though, today? You know, I, I, I will say this, that the way we come to receive has everything to do with what we receive and how much of it. And, um, and I've watched over the years in my own life and for other people. And I've noticed that when people come to special events, they, they, they come to a, they, like they go to a conference or even a Christian concert or, um, you know, a school of ministry. We've got the BSSD students with us today. We've got some, you know, and then there's BSSM. Anything that people set in their minds to go, you know what? I've noticed that they always are radically impacted. And, and I believe it's actually a very simple principle. It's because they have determined to be impacted. They, they, they came for that purpose. That's why they're there. I, I came to the concert to receive something, to experience something. I came to the school to receive, to be changed. And, and, and something that's really rocked me for years and years um, has been this principle of the difference between, and I know for some of you it's the same thing, but to me it's very different, expectancy and expectations. And, you know, we can build expectations when we get familiar, and sometimes even if we're not familiar, we still have it. An expectation that says, this is the picture in my mind that it should look like. This is what I think it's going to look like. And how many know, how many have you ever had anything look like the picture in your mind? Have you ever, I never actually have had that happen where that's exactly as I thought. And, um, and, uh, so expectancy, see, expectation says this little box, that's how I want it to be. Expectancy says I'm expecting like the man at the gate called beautiful. I'm expecting to receive something. That's really cool. I expect to receive something and he got something he didn't expect to receive. How many be all right if God wanted to give you something today you didn't expect? Come on. And so we just put on expect and see. And um, we are so blessed to have you, Steve and Wendy, with us. And we honor you for your years here. You're a part of the part of the foundation here. And now building into what God's doing in this day by coming. Um, and just I, I could go on and on about what you're all doing, but we'd rather just receive from you. Can we please welcome Steve and Wendy as they come up? Yeah, thank you. Wow, it's so good to be here. Whew. This has been a glorious meeting. Wow. So good to see friends and... <laughs> many of them people who have been such a big part of our past and and we're just always so thankful for our years that we spent here and your investment in us and making us better and now that's going around the world and who would have thought that would have happened and but how many know God believes in us more than we believe in ourselves so true and he has a habit of using unlikely people to do great things. Yeah. <laughs> he has a habit of calling people into assignments that people don't think they can do. Why don't we just laugh at that? <laughs> he has that tendency. And, and he's still 
And he's still doing that. And, and I'm believing for everybody in this room, our, our greatest assignment of all of our life is still ahead. Our greatest assignment. And that, that's what vision is. That's what hope is. I love, you know, one of my favorite definitions of hope is this, is hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it happen. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it happen. So we're just glad to be here, Wendy. I know. How are you doing? <laughs> You're looking good. I'll, I'll say that. I don't have. Woo! Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. Just so excited to be back, you know, to feel the, the mountain chapel you know, you, you have your own spiritual dynamic that is so special. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be like anybody else. You know, and your, your, your future is even brighter than the past. You know, so often we tend to think, especially as we get older, that, you know, well, it can't get any better than it was. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, that's funny. Our life has been so blessed that we were in a car one day and we were listening to Joel Osteen. And, <laughs> and he said something about the lie that it can't get any better than this. And Steve and I both looked at each other and thought, wow, you know, I think we were stepping into that because God's blessed us so much and we've got to do so much that we've finally kind of hit the peak of, well, can it get any better? And uh, one of the things that I was really thinking about this morning during worship is that we're only able to receive what we think we're worth. And that's the cap. You know, we start living at the point that we value ourselves at. Instead of realizing that our value isn't based on what we've done, it's based on what we were paid for. The Son of God. That's our value. Because value is only what people are willing to pay for it. So that's Jesus set, our value. Someone say, that's a good word, Wendy. (laughs) Brandon, it's so good to be here with you and just, uh, just so excited every time I connect with you and to hear your heart for this church for this city, for Trinity County, and thank you for your leadership. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you. Thank you. And we're, we're cheering you on. We're cheering you on. And we're, you know, just like, you know, in a fight, you know, we're, we're Wendy and I are a couple of your corner people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you come in, yeah, I didn't, didn't see that, didn't see that uppercut coming. You're going to be okay. There's some spiritual salt. Sniff this. Yeah, that will slap you around a little bit too. Throw, throw some Holy Spirit water on you and get back out there. You know, just as a prophetic <laughs> word for you, and I think just for the whole church, um, I was listening to a, a prophetic word about, you know, we just had the Jewish New Year a uh, month or so ago. 
And the Jewish New Year, you know how their Jewish letters all have number numerical meaning too. And so the the last year in the Jewish calendar was the the eye. And this year for the Jewish calendar represents the mouth. And it's not about just speaking, but the scripture taste and see. And I, I just was reminded of that and I felt like God said the thing you know the year prior was the eye so the things that you were seeing and perceiving that God wanted to do this is the year that you'll actually taste and see experiential stuff of what you've been dreaming of why not this year there is no reason why not the dreams of this house can't happen this year there's no reason why the dreams of this house can't happen this year. Yay! So I just prophesy that over this place and over Trinity County. The things that you guys have been pouring into, this is the year of the fruit. Someone just say Fire! fire. We, we travel so much, we'd become spiritual wine connoisseurs. <laughs> mm. Unique vintage here. Mm. A little more alcoholic spirit in this wine. You know how some wines will get you drunk faster? <laughs> I'm feeling it. <laughs> thank, thank you for that <laughs> you know, additional comment. <laughs> on my word. <laughs> but I love to taste what God's doing. Uh, it, I was asking, Lord, what, what are you doing here? What are you, what are you doing in the lives of people who are here? And um, one thing I heard is that uh, that the Lord is releasing a John 4.35 anointing on you. Uh, John 4.35, Jesus says, Do you not say four months and then the harvest? But I say to you, look up and see the fields are white for harvest. He says, you know, you say it's not happening yet. Why don't we laugh at this lie? It's not happening yet. Ha ha. Jesus says that, that something is already happening to partner with. And, and what I see the Lord doing, and he's been doing it, and I just see him increasing it, he's opening your eyes to actually see what's happening. There's something currently going on in your own life, in your family, in the church, in the city, in Trinity County, that's already happening. Just, just say it's already happening. Say it again. Say it louder. Now, those, once we believe it's already happening, then, then it, it changes everything. It changes how we pray. It, it, because we're, we're not praying, we're not begging God to open the heavens. We're, we're, we're actually saying, okay, Lord, what, what are you doing? You know, Bill Johnson used to share this. He, 
you know, he'd say that there was a, a traveling speaker. They asked him, how come everywhere you go, revival breaks out? And he says, well, I just asked the Lord where the next revival is, and I just go there. How many of you know if you're partnering with what God's doing, it makes you look better than maybe you really are? <laughs> yeah, I think the thing to remember is that faith is visionary. And so you'll have faith for whatever you're seeing. But if we're not seeing what God's really doing, look up and see. You know, for most of us, we've made our past the God of our future. You know, because we keep rehearsing the testimonies of the past failure, the past thing that didn't happen when we wanted it to happen. And it becomes, you know, what does testimony mean? Testimony means God do it again. So whatever you're rehearsing. You know, even if you're rehearsing and telling people about the last great hurt that you got, somebody offended you, and you keep rehearsing it, it becomes your testimony. Uh oh. God, do it again. <laughs> we we need a different view of something, because faith is seeing something nobody else has seen that you have never even seen. It's visionary. If you want a different future, you have to see something different. And allow it to just, you know, drive your life. Spend time saying, you know, God, what is happening in the unseen realm that I can partner with? Because God hasn't called us to be thermometers. He's called us to be thermostats. Romans 4.17 says this, God who gives life to the dead by calling those things that do not exist as though they did. It's a, that, that's, that's how thermostatic people do. They call things. And I love what, uh, how Daniel closed worship today. That was powerful. So, something, something happened there. I, I thought, you know, you know he, he closed it because... Well, we got a guest speaker. I said, well, just forget about the guest speaker. <laughs> but, but, but something, you know, happened there. And I, maybe a little later I've got a few more thoughts on that. But um, it's just calling those things that are, that are not or that do not exist as though they did. That's how God gives, changes things. It says in uh, Isaiah 61, it talks about the spirit of the sovereign lords upon me. It says, he has anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captives. So it, it, one, of the, one of the beginning points of freedom manifesting is for someone to proclaim freedom when there's still captivity. You know, when there's poverty, someone says, actually, this is not, we're not a place of poverty. We're a place of abundance. You know, when there, where there's addictions. Someone's actually saying, uh, you're free. That's not the only thing that happens, but, but someone has to speak something higher than what's being experienced. And, and, and I, I used to just only be a thermometer in my, my words and my thinking. I would just say, I'm tired. Everybody's tired. <laughs> We're poor. 
This place is hard for the gospel. Things are only getting worse. Government's a mess. Every time I move forward in God, I get attacked by the devil. Remember, he called me on that one. He says, hey, Steve, how can you say every time you move forward in me, you get attacked by the devil? Uh, Well, Lord, the reason I say every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil is because every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil. That's why I say it. And he said, it's true for you, but it's not truth. It's true for you because that's that's what you you've come in agreement. You get your beliefs out of your past experience rather than what I'm saying. He said, how come you talk more about the devil's attack than my protection? Uh, Well, Lord, if I saw more of your protection, I'd talk about it more. He said, I got a suggestion. Why don't you start talking about it? Why don't you start calling yourself the protected one? Why don't you start calling your city the protected one? And we don't deny the past. We just don't get our beliefs out of it. We don't deny, hey, it's been hard. I've been battling tiredness. But we don't call ourselves tired. We don't call ourselves attacked. There's enough challenge in life anyway, Wendy, let alone having faith for the devil to attack us. I mean, that's just, that's, that's just stupid. I think I've stumped Wendy on that one. You know, I just, that's rare. Wendy does not know what to say. I'm just marinating. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, one of the things that, that God's really been challenging me on is, you know, if, if we can't receive what we don't think we're worth and if we don't really know who we are and what we are, we'll never really reach who we are. You know, and one of the things is we're trying to find out who we are before we let go of who we think we are which is human. You're no longer human. You're a a whole new creation. And, you know, I was complaining to God one day about just the whole, you know, Adam sinning and the rest of us all become sinners. Anybody else think that's totally unfair? And God said, yeah, but through the one man, Jesus all became righteous. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I know that scripture. <laughs> and I don't know if you really know yeah. it. When <laughs> and he said, your problem, though, is that you have more faith in Adam's ability to make you a sinner than Jesus's ability to make you righteous. Say that again. You have more faith in Adam's ability to make you a sinner than Jesus's ability to make you righteous. And the reason we know that's true is because most of us still think we're who we were. And I I think it was um, during worship, there was this thing about the yoke. Was that Daniel? And I heard God say, for most of us, the yoke isn't sin. It's a wrong conception of who we think we are. You're carrying around a picture of your old life. And it has become a yoke. 
And life and energy comes from a correct defining of who you are. If you don't have life and energy, you don't really know who you are. You're trying to do something you don't believe you are. And when you try to do something you don't believe you are, it's very heavy. It's a heavy yoke. So just that shift has to to happen in each one of us. And, you know, myself included, God was just talking to me about, Wendy, you still don't have this down. (laughs) You still don't really know not only who you are, but what you are. Someone say, wow. Wow. So, no. (laughs) Yeah. Wendy never goes on rabbit trails, spiritual rabbit trails. Her rabbit trails are great rabbit trails. So, what's God doing in here? He's, He's opening our eyes to see what's actually happening. And it's already happening. He's, he's reestablishing the fact that we're thermostatic people, not just thermometers. And, and I just um, I also heard this, that he's, he's, he's clarifying assignments. He's clarifying assignments. And, and I'm hearing he, he's putting a gift of faith on us for what we're to what we're to do and be in this season. Uh, it's interesting how our assignments change. You know, and I mean, I I remember moving when I was here. We moved in 2008. I was the number one guy here. Ha ha. <laughs> then I moved, I moved to Bethel, go on staff there. <clears throat> And I don't know what number I was when I arrived, but I know I wasn't in the single digits. <laughs> I don't know what number I am now. It's, you know, it's, some would say it's gone lower, you know, with all the events. But, but and you know, sometimes we, we enter into seasons of insecurity in our life. You know, I, that was a time of insecurity a little bit for me and mind games and, you know, all that. Let's just laugh at mind games. Ha ha. Let's give an extra laugh at that. Ha ha. Mind games. And I just remember, you know, just the importance of that season of me actually clarifying what my assignment was. You know, sometimes our assignments are, you know, in front of people or sometimes they're not. Uh, and, and it's in people who determine this is what I'm to do. This is what I'm called to do in this season. This is what I'm not called to do in this season. Those people have power. I remember, you know, in the Old Testament, uh, they anointed Jehu to take out Jezebel. And whew, this guy, Jehu, he was a wild man. I mean, he, you know, they, they, they could even tell by the way he rode a horse who he was. They said, this guy, they said, who's coming? Ha, 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 Man, he's a man of purpose. And he had an assignment. 
And, and, and I'm just, uh, I'm hearing this. The Lord is, is actually breaking off double-mindedness off people in this meeting. It's, he's been doing it already, but it, he's going to increase it. And, and I, I see that even insecurity, transition brings insecurity at times. And, um, and I'm just seeing that he's going to go after, because one thing, that, one thing that it's good about insecurity, you know, when, when insecurity rises up, it gives us an opportunity to deal with some things. It gives us an opportunity to deal with some lies, you know, and, and where we're getting our value. And, and there, there's great people in this room. There's great people in this room. And, and, and I just see the Lord just, just actually just really um, helping you see what you're to do. And it's important. Just turn to your neighbor and say, it's important. Yeah. When Steve was talking about thermo, thermo, thermostatic, thermostatic. <laughs> it's a fun word, um, I just was thinking about, you know, we don't set a different temperature in a room because we do jumping jacks and try to, you know, work up some heat. It actually comes from the fact that we live in two realms. And so we want the heat of heaven to just spill over. And it's who we are, not what we do. And the more we have that belief system that it's not what we do that gives us our value, it's who we are. That we can shift a room just without saying a word, without doing anything. Can you believe that? What what would we actually be expecting then when we walk into the room? (laughs) Yeah. You know, let your imagination go. You know, I love imagining stuff, you know, just, you know, my biggest dream is someday to walk down a street and somebody accidentally gets healed. You know, I've got what I'm going to say down, you know, it's going to be, oh, I'm sorry, did you get healed when I walked by? I, you know, (laughs) that's a good thing to say. Yeah. You know, (laughs) what are you imagining? You know, those things that you're trying to do and you're doing everything you know to do, have you factored in the supernatural and what you are? Whatever mountain you're facing, you shouldn't face the mountain until you believe you're bigger than the mountain. Because any mountain that is standing in front of you, it's there because God says you're bigger than it is. You know, in Exodus 7-1, well, in chapter 6, Moses is being told by God to speak to Pharaoh. And Moses is like the rest of us. Yeah, but. I'm, why would he listen to me? I don't speak well. This is who I am. And then in Exodus 7-1, God says, see. I need you to see something different about yourself. I have made you as God to Pharaoh. And in those days, pharaohs were considered gods. So he had to get Moses to see he was bigger than Pharaoh. And until we can see, we're bigger than our problem. I mean, I I had a really horrible July. 
and health-wise. And I was actually in my mind preparing how I was going to live with this issue. And I was starting to get a little self-pity and, you know, I was the victim to my health and all of this. And um, God spoke to me on Facebook. Somebody quoted something from a book of mine. (laughs) Don't you hate when that happens? (laughs) That's always rough. Yeah. But the quote was, you can never overcome something you think you're a victim to. Whoa. And as soon as I read that, it was like, oh, that's my problem. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it shifted everything for me because I realized, oh, I'm never going to overcome this if I'm a victim to it. And something rose up in me and said, fight. You're bigger than this. Yay. Yeah. You just felt like that word was, yeah, give God thanks. Yeah. You just felt like Wendy was just speaking to you. Why don't you just stand up right now? You thought that was a word directly to you. Yeah, thank you, Father. Why don't you just release breakthrough, Wendy? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. See, I have made you. I have made you bigger than that mountain, than that health problem, that financial problem, that family problem. You are bigger. And it can't get any bigger, but you can. Whoa. I release just confidence. And God, I just open up their imagination right now to see themselves arise over whatever it is that's been defeating them. Give them a picture of what it's going to look like when that thing bows its knee. Give them a clear picture of that thing bowing its knee before them. Because what you carry is bigger than what it is. Greater is he that is in you than what's in the world. And we just release that breakthrough spirit, that overcoming Righteous anger. And we bind up every spirit of victimhood. You will no longer rule and reign. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Someone just say fire. Fire! By the way, it's so good to have students from BSSD here. Just wow! Just I got the privilege of being speaking to them on the first day of their class this year, and I saw something. I saw something when you know I was there, and just the the this year's um, students, just the incredible uh, power that's on them and the, the callings and. I was just I was in Melbourne, Australia, a month or two ago, and there's there's a couple who was in BSSD, uh, Justin and Lee Box, who are pastoring a church called Echo Church, and they were just testifying of how God used that time on the coast to just really do a powerful work in them, and so I just I just bless you, and just you know those of you who are here from BSSD, how, how many are you guys are here, yeah. Just uh, yeah, just uh, and and we just say thank you 
And they said, we saw it today. When you're up here, we saw something on you. And we, we come into agreement with what you carry. There's a breaker anointing on all your lives. You're going to go places you never thought you would go. You're going to do things you never thought you would do. So bless you. You know, we just, uh, we just can't stop talking about hope. It says in Hebrews 10.23, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. How many of you know that's a lot of hope talk? Let us hold fast the confession of, of your let, let us hold fast the confession of your hope without wavering. Then it tells us why. For he who promised is faithful. I'm not in the positive thinking, I'm in the biblical optimism. And you know, we, we are, are one of our greatest assignments is to ignite hope. Everywhere we go, people say, we need your message. Every country, we need your message. We really need your message. You know what I, I tell them? I need my message. <laughs> Every time I, I, I say it, woo, thank you, Steve. I needed that. I was starting to slip off a little. Yes. There, 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 there's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people or people without hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. And, and I believe that after love, hope is the most powerful, influential quality there is. It's the most powerful leadership quality there is. I mean, God asked Ezekiel, he asked him, shows him a valley of very dry bones. <laughs> and he asked Ezekiel a question. Hey, Ezekiel, got a question for you. What do you think? You think these bones can live? <laughs> I love Ezekiel's answer. Oh, Lord God, you know. You know. Yeah. Hey, Steve, can America live? Oh, Lord God, you know. <laughs> and God didn't even ask Ezekiel. I mean, he didn't respond to that. He just said, prophesy to the bones. Tell them they're going to live. I want you to tell them they're going to live. He didn't, he didn't say, step aside, Ezekiel, watch me tell them they're going to live. I want you to tell them. Because God has to partner with somebody who has hope to accomplish his will. God has to partner with somebody who's unreasonably optimistic. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine David going after Goliath today? Hey, David, before you attack Goliath, we're just looking on our phones here. And we want to read to you what the experts are saying. The experts are saying you're being, un you're being unreasonably optimistic. And they're saying that you should just go back to the fields and uh, make it your goal just to be able to pay your bills every month. Because what the experts are saying is you're actually going to get killed. Let's laugh at that. Uh -huh. Ezekiel, before you prophesy to those bones, we want to let you know what the experts are saying. The experts are saying you must not know how dry they really are. 
or you wouldn't be so optimistic. The experts are saying you should do a deeper study on the bone's dryness. They're even saying maybe you should do some spiritual mapping on their dryness. <laughs> so you become more realistic. Because what the experts are saying is you're actually going to get killed. You know, actually, excuse me, that was, that was David. Ha ha. The experts are saying when you speak to the bones, nothing's going to happen. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. One of Wendy's favorite quotes is, God has not called us to be realistic. Called us to be supernatural. Yeah, one of the things that we have to realize is that sometimes our, when we have no hope, it's because we've disqualified us from the promise. Because we believe God can do it, he just can't do it for me because I'm disqualified and we're constantly disqualifying ourselves as if the blood wasn't enough you know so one of the things that when I am hopeless about something the question that I trained myself to ask is what do I need to believe to have hope for this because hope isn't just something you work up Oh, I hope so. Hope and faith are always attached to a belief system. If you want hope for something, you have to change what you believe. What's possible. And it always involves the supernatural. Wow. And it always, or most usually, involves you getting something you don't deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Can you have faith for something that you don't deserve? You know, faith isn't about just accepting Jesus into your life. It's having faith that you deserve something you didn't actually work for. It's having faith that you can do and be something that you don't believe you really are yet. Just... Hope is so crucial, but we need to start recognizing when we don't have it. There's moments when we, we've tricked ourselves into thinking we're just being realistic. I'm setting my standard by what I've experienced. Boom. Do you really want to set your standard by your experience? <laughs> so hope actually involves, you know, some risk. And maybe it, it, you'll be disappointed. I mean, the fear of disappointment is really why a lot of Christians don't have hope. They're trying to protect themselves. And God told me, he said, Wendy, you can either be a hopeless person and never be disappointed. Or you can be a hope-filled person with occasional disappointment. I'm telling you, being hopeless isn't that much fun either. <laughs> Why do we fall for that? Let's just live hopeless lives so we're not disappointed.
you know, a lot of times our first question is, what if, it, what if nothing happens? Well, what if something does? Huh. Mm. No. I, I would rather live in a world of hope with occasional disappointment because at least I'm having more fun in between. <laughs> you know, I've been accused of living in Windy World. <laughs> Why not? How big are we going to make our God? What do we need to believe? What do I need to change in my belief system to have hope that this could actually happen to me? That I can actually do that? That's a good word there. He said I could go anywhere. I know. (laughs) I trust you. So we're going to wrap this up, and we've got a team that's going to Two of our staff's going to release a word over you, so we're excited about that. Tonight's meeting is going to be powerful. Something's going to happen tonight. Let's just throw out a challenge. Maybe you could actually spend time picturing what tonight is going to be like. Raise the expectation. You know, If faith is visionary, then we need to spend time envisioning. Yeah, that sounds dangerous for some of you. (laughs) God has to partner with somebody who has hope to accomplish his will. Something's going to change. Somebody has hope. Every every belief in our life that doesn't have hope attached to it is under the influence of a lie. So our hope level is the indicator whether we're believing lies or truth. those, Those are truths that we shared here many times and. Hope is, is, is the safety net for when what we're believing for in faith does not happen. Now, faith, faith without hope is weird. If you try to be a faith person without having hope, it just gets weird. Now, let me, let me just try to oversimplify the difference between faith and hope. Faith says God's going to do it that way. Hope says, I don't know how God's going to do it, but he's going to do it. Faith people without hope have limited options. If that doesn't happen, it's all over. We can't go on. We can't thrive. Hope people say, if that doesn't happen, God's got something better. He's got something. He's got good things still for me. You know, I explain it this way. You know, single people who are believing to get married, faith says, I'm going to get married. Yeah, faith says, that's going to happen. Amen. I believe it. Hope says, even if I don't get married, I'll still thrive in life. Because hope people think bigger than just a particular promise. And, you know, when you get hope, you get, you get healthier. It's part of soul prosperity. And if you're wanting to get married, it's going to increase the likelihood that you're going to get married. Because people are going to want to attach themselves to that. I want more of that. And, and just, yeah, thank you, Lord, just even today, 
uh, of the expansion of hope. And thank you. You said you said in Scripture that your anointing heals the brokenhearted. Father, any area you know, we we know that I'm, I'm in the room with people that, that God's done great things for, great promises, great influence. And there's also parts of all of us that that have that have battled disappointment in areas. And we say thank you, Lord, for the anointing that heals that broken heart. Thank you that in this meeting, this is a supernatural meeting, that something's happening that, that's actually restoring that part of us to actually expand our hope, to expand our beliefs, to expand uh, that which we think we can influence. Well, why don't you stand? Thank you, Father. Yeah, if you receive the, the message today, just say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Yeah, Lord, just, just thank you for just this meeting right here. Thank you for uh, just the release of, of more hope. Thank you, Lord, for touching our thinking. Thank you, Lord, that um, even those who come in with very challenging situations, we thank you there's a solution for those. And we thank you that those solutions are coming to the surface, that you're you're lifting our eyes to see what you're doing, even even in that situation. And also, I just I just uh, I just in this moment, I feel like the Lord wanted just to release uh, His joy into our, our lives. And you know, there's 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 no convenient time to walk in joy. For pretty much everybody in the room today, it's just not a good day to walk in radical joy. Let's 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 laugh at that. Ha ha ha. I used to say, Lord, I'll be joyful when all my problems are over. Ha ha. Let's laugh at that as well. Ha ha. Uh, let's really laugh at that. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I, I don't need strength at the end of the battle. I need strength in the middle of the battle. And I just see the Lord just even even right now, because uh, wherever there's hope, all joy comes as well. All, Romans 15, 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. When we believe truth, we get filled by the God of hope and all joy and peace uh, come with hope. And so, just even now, yeah, thank you, Lord, just for uh, the, the breakthrough in, in revelation, but even more than that, just an impartation of your joy in this season, Father, for where we're at, our assignments, the unique things. And, and, and Father, thank you just for uh, this church, Mountain Chapel. Thank you for the, the plan that, that, is, that is on this ministry. Thank you for the people that you're bringing. Thank you for the leadership of this ministry. Thank you for strengthening them in the name of Jesus. Thank you for blessing the leaders. Thank you for blessing everyone connected to this house. Thank you for the other churches in, in Weaverville and Trinity County that you're strengthening them today. Thank you, Lord, that, that, that what has happened even in this church has been exported to the world. And thank you, God, we just for even the, what has been given, we thank you again today just for pouring back into this place. And here's what I want you to do. As a sign of you receiving the impartation, just on the count of three, I want you to release a faith laugh. One, two, three. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha.
Someone just say fire. Amen. Give the Lord a shout. Give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Ha <laughs> ha.